When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America Roundtable episode, World's Smartest Podcast Network Roundtable episode. I'm Turner Sparks. I'm Blowhard Mike Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. I put new stand-up comedy videos up all the time. Find me at turnersparks.com on tour all this fall and winter. And now I'm starting to get some spring dates in uh, for 2023-24. You can find Kaplan and Cap in America on all social media platforms. Cap and NYC for all your real estate needs. Yes. Uh, Kaplan on the podcast today. We're doing the roundtable again with uh, Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy of the Majoring in Everything podcast, Professor Andrew Heaton of the uh, Political Orphanage podcast. And of course, you and I, yeah. you are hosting this episode. Big we, news. Which was thrown to me at the last second by Heaton. I love the idea. I just said, hey, Kaplan, you've never hosted. Go. <laughs> and, but you and, never hosted before. And it's, I, it's a great, I agreed. It's a great opportunity. Next time I, I, I'll prepare for it if I know I'm going to do it. But it's a great opportunity because it's so hard to get a word in edgewise with these blowhards. That the if you get to talk first, at least you know you get you get some lines in the beginning. So it's a it's a it's a real fight. Uh, the internet, my internet was going a little wonky. Kaplan, wait, 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 pause, pause, time out. You're not. You're. Te- you're giving. You've just listed like three reasons why our audience should not listen oh, to the rest. I know of it's this a great episode. episode, but I'm saying for fans of me, you will get to hear me in the beginning. <laughs> let me go. So it's a good episode. We have a great conversation. I think. Right. You did get a lot of time up front. I feel like no one spoke for about five minutes. It was yeah. just you setting everything up and like going. It was a little bumpy, but we made well, it through. Hey, I've uh, you know Heaton talks three times as long when he introduces, and it's less bumpy, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a great episode. Uh, you all are gonna love it. And um, what I just said—is there anything we'd promote? What am I? Forgetting? Well, we've got our—we've got a big announcement on our Patreon. We've got a new off the record with someone whose voice you're gonna hear uh, in this episode. Doctor Andrea Jones Roy will be joining us. We're figuring out the dates right now, but she's confirmed as the guest. We will be doing as we do once a month. Uh, I believe we took this July off. We take war torn countries. We will, uh, yeah, we'll take a, no, we'll take a guest that we have normally on our show 
And, you know, when we have our guests on our show, there's a certain amount of stuff they will say on the record on Lost in America to a global audience. And then there's certain things they will not say because for whatever reason, whether it's their career, whether it's their, um, you know, what the laws of their country, they don't think it's safe for them to talk about. And uh, we save and then they what we do is they come back and they do an off the record show with us, which is for our Patreon subscribers only. So sign up, go to patreon.com slash lost in America for five dollars. $5 $5 a month minimum uh, and up. You get access Higher. to these shows. These are live. These are not recorded. These are on Zoom. And then we throw them away. No one ever gets to hear them again. So th- therefore, our guests can say as much as they want about whatever the topic is. Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy is coming on. She was most recently and for a very long time a professor at New York University, NYU. Yes. You've heard of it. At- and she's now left the institution mm. and she's going to talk to us. We've talked, we've, t- you and I have talked to her a lot off the air the about what it's her. like to be a professor, a university professor in this current day and age, this current climate where the students kind of run the show. Yeah. And uh, she's going to talk to us off the record. She said she will name names. She, I just spoke to her on the phone. She'll go <laughs> as far names. as she needs to go because well, it's I, not being recorded. No. And I want to find out once and for all, because we have guests all the time from, countries where you do not have free speech where you can get killed for saying the wrong thing so i want to find out once and for all which is a more scary situation saying the truth about those countries or saying the truth about academia in america yes in a university setting i think a university might be more frigid so (laughs) we'll we'll find out it could be she has a ton of stories specifics details about what it's like in 2021 22 23 (laughs) to be teaching 18 year old 19 year old 20 year olds zoomers and what the those conversations We're gonna trash debates. some zoomers this episode we'll see we'll yeah, see maybe. maybe she loves it i mean yeah. she doesn't work there anymore so <laughs> to her choice by the way she wasn't fired i don't want to say she was fired she no, left no, no. under her own accord yeah. but anyway that'll be great so go to patreon.com slash lost in america now sign up and uh, we will be doing that show in the next couple of weeks here we'll have a date for that very soon i believe that is it kaplan should we get to the episode let's get to it Welcome to another edition of the world's smartest podcast roundtable. This is a, an unfamiliar voice to many. Mike Kaplan here, Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. And uh, I'm joined here by, uh, well, my partner in crime, Turner Sparks of the Lost in America podcast. Hello, uh, everyone. Yeah. Uh, good to see you, Turner. <laughs> Long time good to, to see you, and I'm Kat. <laughs> This is going Glad great. I'm joined by... Uh, Dr. Uh, Andrea Jones-Roy, are you still a doctor? First question. Uh, I am still a doctor. I don't think they can take it away, but um, challenge accepted. If I get canceled, Dr. maybe. Yeah. I think Dr. Bill Cosby is still a doctor, so you're safe. I, I like the idea that doctor. they expire, right. that your doctor license just expires <laughs> and that you become, yeah. you become you know, just a person. It should. Exactly. It should expire. No, you get it for life. It's like if you coach a basketball team 30 years ago, you're still called coach. You're still doctor, no mm. matter what. So, or chef. And that other voice there is a... Wait, professor. We call you Professor Andrew Heaton. Yep. Professor the, Andrew yeah. Heaton of the Political Orphanage. Good to see Political you, Kaplan, at all. Yes. Good to see you. And today we we have a wide range of topics to get to, right? We've got, uh, what are we starting with? We'll start with conspiracy theories. <laughs> Keeping it light. We're, we're uh, What's that? No, I can We're going to keep it light. Some... Keeping it light. Yes, we're keeping it light. <laughs> We're, uh, we're here's, this is the here's best roundtable we've with. had so far. This yeah, we're off to a good amazing. start here. So we're starting with the idea that uh, in conspiracy, apparently there was an article in the uh, New York Times that caught all of our attentions, piqued our interest. The conspiracy theory world 
uh, in, among the conspiracy theorists, they're very they're up in arms. The old school conspiracy theorists are saying these new conspiracy theorists are a bunch of sellouts and they've ruining the good our good name. They're uh, you know, it's like the band that like took they're making too much money. Alex Jones, the Q people, they're making tons of money. They're uh, they're crazier than ever. It's like the it's like rock and roll got louder, became heavy metal. So they're up in arms and we're going to I guess we're going to figure out if they have a point. I think that's what we want to get to. Like, do do they have a point? Do conspiracy theory get theorists get crazier? Were they always crazy? Um, let's be. Who wants to? Who? Where should we start? Who's got the? Uh, who wants to raise their hand? How do we do this? <laughs> Andrea well, Jones. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I have. Uh, uh, so, so I agree. Well, I don't agree. I agree, Kaplan, that that it was an interesting article and a couple of follow on articles. So basically, my read on it is that you're right that they the conspiracy theories have gone mainstream. People are arguing that it's selling out. It's like when all those bands did Verizon commercials or whatever it was. But I think one of the other pieces is that the old school conspiracy theorists like the 9-11, JFK, like the flat earthers, even the, you, I think UFO, has the become, moon landing. All of the the, the classics, yeah. right? Uh, they yeah. all have become concerned that not only are conspiracy theorists becoming more mainstream, but also they're becoming more violent. And a lot of conspiracy theories, even though, you know, it's about sinister things, they're not out there attacking people uh, or attacking each other or freaking out and causing a whole bunch of like major political uh, and violent rifts in the way that, you know, the right sort of has hijacked to the conspiracy movement, according to these more traditional purists. And, right, uh, like the moon you know, and I had never thought storm- of conspiracy. Yeah, I had never thought of conspiracy theorists previously until I read this article as, you know, their own sort of community of, of like minded individuals who are just there to kind of shed light on some things. And they're not here to, you know, start wars or scream at each other. They just they, if anything, I sort of read it as like a yearning for a sense of community that is now lost if, since they've gone mainstream, kind of like. When UCB started getting famous in the improv scene and it stopped being a place to hang out with your friends and was exactly more of like a place to be seen. It's exactly mm. the same. Yeah. Who, so who, so who one, one thing that did first? Yeah. catch me about this article, the article, which was very interesting in the New York Times, he says up front, we, we reached out to a bunch of conspiracy theorists, but only left wing conspiracy theorists would talk to us. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I already I already am somewhat suspect as to the take on this, because sure. first of all, obligatory. I think the left left wing, right wing thing is bullshit. We've we, I won't go into that, but I, I'm already kind of like in, in, a, in a world of lizard people and QAnon and UFOs. I feel like that that spectrum's even dumber than usual because these are so outlandish. But OK, the, the people that are on blue team would come and participate, whereas the people that were on red team would not come and participate. So I'm not really surprised that like the blue team oriented conspiracy theorists would be like, ah, but these red team conspiracy theorists, they're awful. We really got to keep our eye on them. Like, I already feel like there's a selection bias that's got into it. Uh, the, the, I, it made me think more about just the nature of conspiracy theories, because I feel like the last couple of years there have been um, how do I put it? Uh, there have been really dumb conspiracy theories. And at the same time, it turns out a bunch of them are right. Like uh, like mm. um, the lab leak one. Uh, like, yes, like and, and by the way, like, I've, I've interviewed yeah. several. Or I interviewed Matt Ridley on this. Matt Ridley was not claiming that it was mm. some weird Jewish plot or anything like that. What he basically said was he thought that, that 
uh, that was Turner. He basically thought that um, the the Virology Institute was studying this virus in hopes of, of, of you know, using it in a defensive measure and an escape. That was the, the predominant lab leak theory. But that was a conspiracy theory. And it was incredibly derided within media circles. And now it's like, no, it turns out that that appears to be what happened. But it was just not allowed to be spoken about for a while. And um, I, well, there, yes. there was the uh, um, <laughs> there, there, there was a recent report oh. that came out where the uh, I, I don't remember the specific report, but, but a report came out that was um, kind of the official uh, governing report uh, from a bunch of virology scientists about how this is all ridiculous, et cetera, et cetera. And then like a couple of years later, you start going through their email that was released to the public and they're like, eh, it has a point like like and one of them's like, it seems kind of likely. Like so it was there was a very political right. edge to it. Um, well, so anyway, is, my, I thought the whole thing was we don't know still, but maybe I'm just reading the left wing stuff. We we, we yeah, don't, don't know. know. Yeah, there, there's no okay. conclusive evidence, but uh, but I, I think at this point it is uh, there are plenty of sane, rational people that believe it is a likely, if not the most likely, yeah. explanation, as opposed to being a fringe crackpot theory. Uh, I have not been following the stuff on vaccinations. I got vaccinated. I've been pretty pro-vaccination from the beginning, uh, but it's my understanding that some stuff's coming out that's like, well, maybe there can some rare cases heart attacks and things so like i feel like the like they kind of have a point on their side some of the time which is the the innate problem with conspiracy theories is that uh conspiracy theories are pejorative fringe lunatic bullshit until they're right and then they cease being conspiracy theories then they just become fact yeah i mean can i jump in here the other ones first of all the lab leak thing i mean of course i don't know was I was shocked that anybody was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't know yet. I'm like, what part of this do we not know? It's the, the I don't know. I've from the very beginning, that seemed like the most logical explanation. I didn't think of it as a conspiracy. It was only a conspiracy theory because I guess you would say like major media was denying it. But any I feel like most intelligent, like deep people who actually thought about it, who followed the WHO's investigation of it and all that kind of stuff were like, yeah, this is just kind of normal. I mean, John Stewart went on Stephen Colbert's yes. show three years ago and was like, Oh yeah, it's from a lab in Wuhan. And, and, and then Colbert, like the shock and clutching of pearls so uncomfortable. That, that he yeah. did. He went, Whoa, 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 John, we can't say that. And I think because the, un- somehow that the, the Stephen Colbert left his version of the left had decided that if you say it's a if you say it's from a lab in China, then you hate Asian people. You are so racist. That was yes. like the connection well, he made. Far but less anyone, racist for it to be from a dirty, dirty wet market in dirty, dirty China. That's not a racist explanation yeah. at all. But <laughs> yeah, any a virology any, institute messed up. <laughs> any kind of like a logical, I don't know, like uh, someone who could think below the surface just slightly would like, well, but we can both be true. The Chinese people can be great people. Asian people can be great people. And this could have come from a lab. Well, they are not they're not linked at the hip. But um, other theories to, to back you up, Heaton, that have become true. Aliens exist. We now we do no. have aliens, <laughs> right? Uh, I got I got to push. Back. I, I think that that's wildly misinterpreted. No. So yeah. there's no such thing. OK. All right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> according to the United States government, aliens exist. Um, another one. But that no, obviously according is to the United States government, unidentified aerial phenomena exist. Like there's there's right. no, nobody, no official representative of the United States government has said there are aliens and I have seen them. There is one guy uh, which is fascinating. I'm not really, done really yet. Fa- I'm not done okay. yet. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, there is a group of uh, all these powerful people around the world who were uh, uh, pedophiles having sex with kids that's true as well right 
So <laughs> they like Epstein. Well, there are pedophiles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And and, and Prince and, Andrews or Prince Andrew. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bill Clinton. I mean, like you know, yeah. the list goes on. Oh, 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 oh. Twenty-seven times on the <laughs> island. The these are all. Those are unless you guys don't think that Epstein did anything wrong. I mean, I'm you know, I think he did, but maybe you don't. You know, that's your thing. But the point <laughs> is that am I saying anything controversial? Is here? our silence meant to imply we think he was fine? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I'm not I I don't think I'm saying anything controversial. That that there have been talks of aliens and Epstein was a bad guy. So anyway, point is I'll, I'll uh yes, I agree with Heaton. Somebody so else I think ahead. I think there's a point here that and maybe this is me doing too much waffling or too much backing out now. But I think that there's a difference between a. I think that we need to define a conspiracy theory. A conspiracy Good. theory, in my mind, is something that is specifically uh, a set of beliefs that there is some central secret organized group doing something or pulling some sort of strings. And I think that the. Uh, beyond that, we're in the world of like rumors or or wondering. But I thought it's in order to be a conspiracy theorist specifically, we're being kept from some piece of information from some central. So JFK, 9-11, those are like inside secret groups who are doing these sorts of things. So the, you know, secret groups being pedophiles, I think, would fall under that category. I feel like the lab leak, I never thought of that one as a conspiracy theory. It was more mm. of like a uh, uh, a disagreement and there were some political charge on either side as to what you what you were saying if you thought and I think Turner's right that people did wrongly link that this was oh I'm racist or I'm assuming that but it doesn't become a conspiracy theory unless we assume that the rest of the world is conspiring or some secret leaders are conspiring to keep us from knowing that it was a lab leak or there's some secret what? leadership in China that's keeping us from knowing. I thought that was what elevated something to conspiracy theory as opposed to like even the flat earth thing is like the scientists, someone is lying mm. to us about the roundness of the earth like that. I think in order to my argument is that in order to be a conspiracy theory, it has to have that other element. Otherwise, it's like a disagreement. The microchip thing in the vaccines, that could be a conspiracy theory. The idea that the vaccines themselves might be dangerous. I don't know that on the surface it would count as a conspiracy theory. Gotcha. So I don't a, know if that's a crackpot theory. A crackpot theory is not yeah. necessarily a conspiracy yeah, but, theory. The conspiracy I, theory requires that there being some right. malicious uh Willful There's conspiring that is perpetrating something. Yeah. Well, but right. in, the, in the case me. of China, there was the I mean, in, of the lab leak theory. There was the idea that the gain of function research. That's what the conspiracy theorists really grabbed onto. Yeah. And, and right. or, or that, and, that Fauci had been directing money to the Wuhan lab, which sounds very conspiratorial of like right. Fauci, the guy you guys hate was the one pulling the string. And then later on, you're like, oh, yeah, OK, we did give money to the right. Wuhan so Institute. like there yeah. was some true. It wasn't all true, but there was enough truth that they can then hang their hat on that. And then they can, you know believe everything so, else and can i just ask uh for the top for the purpose of today's topic what are we kaplan what, so what so what if conspiracy <laughs> theories are true or not what are we talking about can i ask that well no i think that, that, that can you guys hear me by the way because i are really breaking yeah. up okay because mm-hmm. i can't see anything um uh, no, well, I think to me the idea is that they're they're the violence aspect i think you guys mentioned it earlier is that it was more like conspiracy was, was like fun. You know, it's fun to have a crazy uncle who believes, you know, in uh, the moon landing. He's in the fake. Kennedy assassination. He likes to talk yeah. about it at yeah. Thanksgiving. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. But then when, you know, you nobody stormed NASA. get lost on Reddit forums. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you didn't storm NASA over that, but then you stormed Jan- the Capitol over, the, you know, the election and having an actual president who believes in this stuff 
and having another candidate in Robert F. Kennedy, you know, he's not really a real candidate maybe, but <laughs> who believes in this stuff, we could be going down the dangerous road, I guess, is that part of it? I, well, okay, see, see here I take the long-term view too, where I'm, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not sure that there is a halcyon golden age of fun conspiracy theories. Like, like I, I really enjoy conspiracy theories. I grew up listening to Coast to Coast AM. There are really fun conspiracy theories. Uh, I have a pet one that I came up with, and I've got a fun one that I like. So they're, they're fun, right? But like, you can go back to like the, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which by definition fun is one. a conspiracy theory. That was a conspiracy theory that the, the Jewish nation before Israel was blah, 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 orchestra. And like, like Tsar Nicholas II kept a copy in his room, and it was used as a justification for pogroms. So yes. I like I don't know. And I, I suspect that if we were to go back to the 60s, when like the John Birch Society was was saying that, you know, an evil communist cabal or something was running the whole world. I bet we would find examples of people that had, you know, mm-hmm. done their own equivalent of going into a basement with a gun looking for pedophiles or something like that. I So I, I do think that there probably is a, a differentiation that's brought up in the article between kind of the old like um like, I got to get the truth out there. This is my passion versus the people that have figured out how to monetize it on Facebook and like are kind of just right. pumping out security or uh, uh, conspiracy theories as content creation. That, I think, is probably the meaningful distinction now. But I the violent bit, I don't know. Can I ask? So there's I have a some question. Interesting... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, does anyone know if and if you don't know, that's fine. I genuinely don't know. Is any of like the old KKK stuff, uh, are they linked to conspiracy mm. theory stuff at all? Is there a white supremacy in the old, like the old violent, that stuff? I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you probably could have found your, your fair share of I'm anti-Semitic sure, yeah. conspiracy theories, but I don't think broadly, I think broadly speaking, they were pretty upfront about just being general <laughs> white supremacist bigots. Yeah, they were. Uh, they, they didn't really need any rationale of why yeah. a particular group was doing something malfeasance. Like it was just the race. Yeah, we Andrew, can fault them for lots of things, but not for transparency. All right, they were, uh, <laughs> we knew you knew what you were dealing with with the KKK. Good for them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very upfront. Uh, so one thing that interests me about conspiracy theories, and this is I'm I'm sort of cobbling together some research that others have done. This is not my own work. That conspiracy theories. Why do we believe in conspiracy theories? And and one reason is we think is that it gives you a sense of community and it gives you a sense of belonging, which is kind of like what we're talking about, where the sort of like this charm to like the crazy uncle, and then he gets together with his buddies at the bar and they talk about. And I don't know if you spend much time on like our conspiracy on Reddit, but the few times I've wandered mm-hmm. into there, it's actually sort wandered. of heartening. Yeah, I've wandered. It's sort of heartening in that it's like. You sort of get the sense of and I and with there's like a flat earthers documentary out there. So my sense is that like if you really believe in a conspiracy theory, uh, I got very into the missing Malaysia air flight and there's some conspiracy theories around that. Like you just sort of feel like you're in on something and you kind of have a community of people to talk about it. It gives you a sense. I think there's some research that shows that it gives you a sense of control in a very uncertain world where we have no control. And so it's like, oh, I'm aware of this inside organization that's pulling all the strings. and And it's like. It gives you this sort of sense of like a place in the world. And so my read cap on this article is that that gets exploded if the entire if 40 percent or 37 percent, whatever percent of like ah. MAGA Republicans are also in the world of conspiracy theories. And as you said, the president is now touting these things. And so you kind of lose this like club when everyone else is a part of it. And yes, it spirals out into other nasty political things. And you say Marjorie Taylor Greene, and you see like it spirals out. But I think part of it is that the really the conspiracy theorists like the OG are like, hang on, this was our club. Now everyone's in it. Right. And I would say one thing I was thinking about is that 
we need these cra- us normal people. I think we're all normal. We all consider ourselves kind of normal. We kind of need these crazy people because I think that the normal sides have started to believe more and more crazy stuff on their own. Like you saw in that mm. article, they said 54% of Americans believe don't believe like 9-11 was like they believe there's something ulterior happened in 9-11. So it's a more it's more it's not like that fringe. And then like you'll hear like I have friends all the time on the left who will say things like about some crazy conspiracy with like Brett Kavanaugh where he like he yeah. paid his credit card bills. I mean, this is like a minor conspiracy, but it's like not like his credit card bills were paid and then he got it. Like you hear these like little things and on the right, of course, there's so many examples. And, you know, it's like so I just think that we kind of need these crazy people like they're kind of doing a purpose right now. So I don't I don't think I don't think it's any different, I guess what I'm trying to say, than what it, it's just it's accentuated by the Internet. Like we're more in a hype. Right. Everything's hyped up now. So Kaplan, I, uh, can Kaplan, I ask what is that? Yeah. You, you described half of it. But what is the Brett Kavanaugh thing you're talking about? I've never heard that. Oh, like, you know, I mean, maybe Andrew, you might know because I know you you're more tuned to what people are saying on the left. But like I've, I've heard multiple times people say, like, you know, when you're like a, like they said, like when he got into the reason why he was selected Supreme Court, I think, is like these all these like rich people paid off his credit card debt. He had all this crazy credit card debt. And oh. now he's owned by these I people this like one. you don't know this one. Oh, I've had, like, no. I've had multiple people say this to me when talking about this, when that was going on. And. And, uh, you know, you hear like, I don't know, I feel like it's all gotten more mainstream, like in politics, we're all in these little bubbles, like everything. One thing I'll say, and this is my last thought on this, is that and I think they mentioned it in this article, we're all referencing this New York Times article, but that they conspiracy theories have now become like everything else in America have become um, divided up to the left and the right, where they used to just be like JFK uh, assassination was a plot and you could pick Mm -hmm. whoever you wanted by Castro, by the CIA. And you didn't have to be left or bipartisan right. conspiracy theory. Yes, yeah. That's and then point. aliens exist. That's bipartisan. They were all kind of bipartisan. Um, even right. 9-11. Malaysia like Air, it was, probably. Yeah. Malaysia Airlines. 9-11. Uh, well, Bush was in office. He was a Republican. So then that would have been even mm-hmm. probably more left leaning conspiracy than right, or at least independent thinking. And now it's just like yeah. comedy. Now we've talked about this before, but you have to pick a side. You don't if to make. To be a bad comedian, but still make a good living, you have to go far left or far right and be like, these people on the other side are idiots and everyone claps. And then mm. you have a career. And yep. it's the same thing now with conspiracy. Turner, don't give away right all my, my secrets, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. It's well, the same yeah. thing right down the line. So I think right. that's well, the big difference. Well, Turner, uh, if, on your point, it's like it's last thing. It's like the news media is like where we used to have like a couple newspapers. Right. And even the crazy people read the same newspapers. Mm. And now everybody can read everything. You guys, I can't Which hear. Which means me. you only read. We we your can favorite. We got you. Keep talking. Uh, we can oh, hear. Sorry. No, it, it just means that yeah. You, now everybody can get their little news from every little crazy bubble, as we all know, and they can just believe all sorts of insane things. So yeah. Again. Yeah. Uh, let me get get my final thought, and then we can move into the next topic because yeah. I fucking love conspiracy theories, and I could talk about this <laughs> for go. an hour. Uh, I, I want to add a little bit. I think Andrea, you you hit a lot of that on the, the head of I think conspiracy theories provide an emotional sustenance in the form of community. I would add to that that I think they provide status. In that, uh, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to drop a thing here. I wrote a novel a few years ago called Frank Got Abducted about alien mm-hmm. abductions. And one of the principal mm-hmm. characters is a conspiracy theorist. And the the motivation for that character, uh, the Cephas character in the book, is that he's kind of living in the middle of nowhere. He's a, a low-income bachelor. He doesn't have just a lot going for him, but he is on the bleeding edge of reality. 
he knows what the real world looks like. Like the, he's one of the few people on the planet that really knows what's happening. And I, I think there's something very beguiling about that that makes you feel as if you are part of the core of the world in a way that a lot of the time you're on the periphery. And I also like I kind of I kind of think conspiracy theories are, are healthy. Like uh, like like I think the root of them a lot of the time is. Um, we want to question the narrative the powerful are crafting. And I think that's a very healthy thing to do in society, whether it's coming from uh, from the government or from corporations like they're probably going to craft a narrative that, that fits their agenda. I, I think where the, the conspiracy theories go wonky is when they just completely depart from Hanlon's razor. And like the the mm-hmm. the simplest explanation is. Yeah, some some guy fucked up. That's the easiest explanation. They're like, no, lizard razor. people. Uh, uh, well, um, well, Han- Han- okay. Occam's razor is the simplest explanation, right? Uh, right. Hanlon's razor to clarify Hanlon's razor is do not attribute to malice. What the can be attributed one. to incompetency, yeah. uh, which I, I think Got when it, it comes to government is probably a more operative one on a regular basis. So I, th- I think they get like when, yeah. when people are coming up with these weird org charts to explain how lizard people, blah, blah, blah. It, it just makes more sense that the guy fucked up. But I, but overall though, mm-hmm. I think it kind of like it's a healthy impulse to have in a free society. I have a beautiful analogy, and then let's go to my uh, the the next topic. But my analogy for you, Heaton, I think you're absolutely right. The analogy is forest fires, which is on occasion forest fires in little bits and pockets around uh, a region can be very good for the ecosystem because it breaks ah, up the, the tree line, yeah. and so they won't spread. But then if it takes off, then we have mm-hmm. a whole huge problem, such as Maui. Australia, everywhere else. And so what Great. we have come to is a growing, you know, the the Canadian forest fire uh, of conspiracy theories, whereas previously they were all bubbling up and kind of keeping the rest of us in check and occasionally casting light on this. So thank you so much. Uh, hold your applause. So Kat, can I <laughs> can I go to my article? Because I think this is related yeah. to what we we're just talking about. I was just going to say one thing is that I'm very impressed with Heat and having a new razor. Like everyone knows Occam's razor. Yeah, I was he's too smart for that. that one. He invented a new one I never heard of. Hanlon or some guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, the other the other I day I misset it and I called it Hanlon's laser, which is now like a thing <laughs> nice. uh, over on another yeah. podcast. Uh, Heaton's yeah, well, razor, yeah. on the other hand, is never assume Heaton made a mistake. Assume he's just smarter than you. No. Um, <laughs> yes, I like <laughs> just this. Adding that Promulgate now. that to the masses. All Let right. the masses know. There. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Heaton's razor. All right. So so speaking of a divided country, uh, I want to talk about a new uh, trend that I on the left am observing, which is also in The New York Times, but other places are talking about it as well, which is the right polling is suggesting that voters on the right are getting sick of the anti-woke rhetoric of the mm. po- political candidates, such as Ron DeSantis, who apparently says the word woke 10 times in a minute in every single speech. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring this to our roundtable is that, Cap, I don't think you were here, but our last roundtable, we talked about uh, whether wokeness is over. And we talked about Hannah Gadsby's exhibit, which I don't even know if yes. it's still in Brooklyn. I, I never did. I still go don't see know it. what that Hannah we Gatt- who about- she is. So. <laughs> 
It's good that he wasn't participating. Uh, but but we were talking last time about how even on the left, we're getting sick of performative wokeness and maybe we're tired of wokeness and talking about all of that. And so this article caught my attention because it's kind of about the other side, which is our Republicans getting sick of complaining about being of trying to be anti woke. And is it no longer this powerful uh, uh, political whip? by political leaders on the right to be able to say, oh, we're going to shut down wokeness and we're going to censor schools. And and according to this particular article and the handful of polls that they were referencing, uh, Republican voters, which I agree uh, uh, with them on this case, are more interested in real things like the economy mm. uh, and other concerns and and that the whole crime. anti-woke kind of saber crime is uh, is fading. And so is it possible that we're looking at coming into an election year where we don't have to hear the right and Fox News and everyone else scream about being anti-woke uh, and, and burning books and, and all the rest. And so so you you no. three are the more right leaning <laughs> people that I know. So I wanted to hear what you think. Are, are we getting tired of anti-woke rhetoric? And I, I'm the only person who's worked in, in conservative media. And, and I can yeah. say it's not going away for this reason. No. OK, um, uh, no, Sorry. It's, it's 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 a, it's a labor thing. Like, I'm just I'm just speaking in terms of media. I'm Let's not speaking it. in terms of yep. politics, but um, basically you're always going to have in media, in mass media, you're always going to have a preference for binary thinking. It's always going to be mm. black, white, up, down, because that's that's something that even the dumbest person in the room can understand. Uh, you you want to have a, a broad uh, a, a broad topic that everybody can get. Like if we start talking about monetary theory, which I'm pretty fucking smart and I get lost real quick on monetary theory, that's not going to make for a good show. Uh, mm-hmm. But if we're doing a uh, transgender professor yells at old veteran, we all know whose side those are. It's very clear. The dumbest person in the room understands us versus them. That is a base human thing. So that's always going to be there. Uh, and I, I think just from a labor perspective as well, like a, a lot of hosts don't have time to read books and things because they're on the air so much. But the culture war stuff, it has an instantaneous us versus them thing. You know where you fall on it. And it's just anecdotal evidence of the other teams worse than you thought ad nauseum. And so for that reason, I think just in terms of um, this applies to everybody, including the dumbest people in our audience. And it's easy to produce. It's 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 never going to go away the same way that reality television is never going to go away because it's cheap and easy to make. Yeah, right. I will. Um, I guess I'll go next. I totally agree with Heaton. There's I don't know where how the New York Times came up with this theory, but it's just I, I don't know. I tour the U.S. performing at country clubs and it is not going away. Um <laughs> It's because it's because people will bring it up to you after shows. They'll bring up you live in New York City and then they'll assume you're liberal. So then they'll want to talk about. And usually it's in a very polite, nice way. They've just watched you do comedy for an hour. They like you. And they're like, how could you live in a city that has this or that does this? And it's a lot of culture war stuff. Uh, also, just that's me anecdotally saying it. But basic research is um, who I looked up who's polling number three right now in the Republican primary. Do you guys know who it is? It's Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy <laughs> mm-hmm. is pulling ahead of Mike Pence, yeah. ahead of Pence Chris is, Christie. And Vivek I might become Ramaswamy. a Republican just to vote for Pence because I sort of feel bad. For him. <laughs> this is R- Ramaswamy is uh, this is all the real clear politics where they they bring all the polls together and they average them. So he's in third at like six and a half percent or something like that. And the only thing anyone knows about him is that he's anti-woke. That's his entire Mm -hmm. platform is being anti-woke. Pence was the vice president of the United States of America. You would seem to have, there's a lot more. uh, And he, before that he was a governor of a state. There's people have known about him for a lot longer. 
They've known, uh, I'm sure he has policies. I'm not so, I haven't really looked into Pence that much, but there's a lot, there's obviously a lot of policies. He has opinions on one way or the other. He has a religious background, right? He has all these facets to him beyond just one specific thing. Vivek Ramaswamy is literally, his whole thing is he's anti-woke and he keeps climbing in the polls. I don't follow him that much. I've not, I've not, I'd like to interview him, but like he, my understanding is he talks about economics and he talks about things like that. Like he's got kind of a a Reaganite libertarian streak to him. So like, like, is, is it just, just that we're just seeing the woke stuff? Cause I I know he's done a ton of interviews and I I would be surprised if that's the only thing that he's talking about. Well, yeah, but I, I wouldn't say it's his own. It's his main thing is that he's further to the right than Trump on culture wars. His whole thing is he's he's big culture right. war guy and big on Trump hasn't gone far enough. That's but DeSantos his, is the culture DeSantis. war guy. DeSantis. There's no O. Meeple, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever his name is. He's a big culture war guy. That's his whole campaign, and he's flaming out. So that to counter that. Which I, mean, I, I, feel- I find interesting. The New York Times reads that as not DeSantis is running a bad campaign right. and mm. reads it as all Republicans have grown exhausted with this. Like I, I read that as like I, I, I think but DeSantis can- is kind of a wonky nerd character deep down. I don't think yeah. that he's the kind of uh, Trumpian showman that Trump is. And he's I, trying I, to use Trump's tactics for a personality that doesn't work with it. And Cap, just to push back, if we're isolating, if we're doing an experiment where you want to isolate one specific thing, DeSantis with an eye has a lot of... Uh, <laughs> has a lot of he also has a lot of things about him that you can learn right not just culture war stuff but there's a million things he also has a long track record a long career Vivek Ramaswamy has pretty for most people in America has come out of nowhere in the past few months and that being his one thing he's gaining every single month now the counter to what I just said is that he's still only at six and a half percent so it's not like he's winning but he's doubled he was three and a half percent a month and a half like two months ago a month ago and now he's double that so I would say no uh, the woke thing is not going away as far as Uh, I I would add just a small point of clarity on the on the article itself so I think that the I I framed it my question for you all is is anti-wokeness going away and i believe you that it that it is not i just want to want to say that the the source of this information and the reason the new york times was talking about it is that they run uh their own polls so new york times siena polls where they asked candidates about a hypothetical or they asked voters about a hypothetical republican candidate one who was focusing on anti-woke and like culture war stuff and another who was focused on law and order and something like 65% said, I prefer the law and order candidate over the person whose main focus is defeating radical woke ideology. So I guess one of the takeaways based on everything that you all are saying is that, okay, the anti-wokeness isn't going away, but it's not as salient as law and order or something else. Though, Turner, your your point about uh, Ramaswamy's... uh, uh, you know, main Rise. growing. Is that his Pressing name? Am I, did name. I say it wrong? I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's go. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, is, is an interesting one. So, so most, every candidate has a stance on all of these things. I guess the takeaway here is that as, as inflammatory as like the Bud Light stuff and, and Barbie and whatever else is in the right media, that is Heaton discussed in the media, uh, voters on the right are more interested in candidates who have other platforms. Yeah. So and I'm be- sorry. I have one more piece and then I'll let everyone else go. Sorry. Yeah. Just, but based off that, I, I read the same article and I think that what the New York times is kind of maybe on purpose of avoiding yeah. here and not talking about is that all of these candidates can be both. Exactly. I would assume they're all law and order candidates and they're anti-woke candidates. And right. then the last thing is uh, that, um, Oh man, I just forgot what it was. But anyway, no. go. So, oh no, it, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Um, well, I, I, I would be very curious to look at that polling, not not based on the broad Republican coalition, but rather the people that are most apt to vote in the primaries versus Republicans that just vote in the general election, because I think that that could be right. a salient data point. Um, as, as we so frequently bring these conversations, when Andrea and I talk back to Morris Fiorina, um, there's pretty good data that um, the the average American in either party is much more centrist than the extremists within that party. And it's the extremists that vote in the primaries. So in 2020, I, I believe the data at the, at the moment is that in 2020, only about 10% of the people in the country participated in the primaries, which is crazy to think about. But 90% of the population did not participate in the primaries. And so you had candidates that were selected by the most red and the most blue members of red team and blue team. It would not surprise me if the average Republican that rocks up to the general election has a higher priority of bread and butter issues like crime, economy, jobs, and so forth, but that the really you know, yay team go GOP is much more into to woke culture war stuff. And also, I'll add really quick, just before I, I uh, head off any comments, like I like a little bit of that because like, I, I'm I too am bothered by illiberalism and by by cultural authoritarianism and censorship and all these. I'm bothered by it. I, my, my issue with the media tends to be when it becomes exclusively that I find that that ends up being a kind of of lazy way to just whip, whip people into a froth. Uh, yeah. And uh, but but yeah, anyway, yeah, I, I, well, I was just going to I think that the wokeness it works it's got to be more specific like you said law and order well that can be a woke thing where if like you're you're super woke you're defund the police you know like if if it's about the schools I still think that's a winning issue for Republicans yeah if it's like the Disney stuff or these like Bud Light stuff it does get silly even to you know voters so I can see there and I also think uh, that the Democrat or the left in general has come back from the brink a little bit I'm sensing like things aren't as crazy as they were a few years ago it's getting Mm -hmm. a little I mean, we did release a, a clip today, Turner and I talking about woke uh, Snow White, but I do feel like the, uh, you know, because we're looking to cash in just like the right wing media that he was talking about. But uh, I do feel like they're, the, the crazy isn't, isn't, as, isn't as prevalent. Like I know so many people who are Democrats who make fun of woke stuff all the time now, like in, yeah. in, in, in good company, like in free. In, so I think and that takes some of the air out of the balloon. So it's not as winning. I do think it's not as winning of an issue as it was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do I think, also th- I think people are still going to be pounding it, you know, just because it's easy. But Kev, I think you're right. And I think uh, the real headline here is that in our last roundtable, we basically predicted it and we scooped the New York Times just in terms mm. of overall passion. Oh, and, and I love your word, heat and frothiness around wokeness on both sides seems to maybe be dissipating because we are seeing that it's silly in many of these cases on the left. We the word woke is not even a word that people really use on the left, maybe because we're kind of in it, but just anymore. generally speaking yeah. uh, anymore. Uh, and generally speaking, you know, the cancel culture and all of that is, is really seems to be to me to be more of a, what's the word? Is it a bogeyman like on the right? Boogie, to say, oh, boogeyman. this is what the left is about. <laughs> boogeyman. And it's not even really a thing. You got your uh, vex name, right? But you didn't know boogeyman. <laughs> I, I, I think, it, I mean, it, it is a thing, but I think it's overblown. Right. So like when you look at, again, you look at the polling yeah. data, like the average Democrat is a, like the average, if we're just doing average is a white non-evangelical Christian, which is not what the, yep. how it would be portrayed by either side if they were making a poster. Right. Um, like it, right. if the Republicans were making a That's poster. That's the average the Republican too, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's both because it yeah, remains yeah. the average in the yeah. country. Um, but like, like yeah. the, I think if Republicans were making a poster of the Democrats, it would be like, 
atheist, communist, uh, trans- non-binary, disabled, in reality, like it's, it's, it's much broader. Uh, and, um, I, I think, like, I think that that woke faction is there and they're irritating as fuck. Uh, they're not, but they're not the whole thing. Uh, and, um, and I, I think that like part of it, like, um, I, again, I'm very bothered by the censorious mechanisms there of we're not gonna, um, bad ideas must be lanced like a cancer. They should not be engaged with because basically they're, they're in my view, straight up religion and, and are, are, are viewing it as blasphemy and heresy. All of that's really bad. I don't really like that. Um, uh, and, and, you know, think that we should keep our eye on it, but at the same time, a lot of the proportionality assigned to it, I think is off. So like, um, in, in issues involving transgender people, um, these can be important. Uh, these, these can be, you know, th- these are reasonable things to, to, for conversations to have for society to work out in terms of what do we do with people that uh, here in Scotland, where I am, um, a, a rapist was convicted and was sent to prison and he went, I'm a dame. And I they had to that. abide by that. Right. <laughs> so th- these are good conversations to have. But but like I also want to point out that like the, the transgender population based on the data I've seen is about 0.2 percent. It's it's yeah. one fifth of one percent. So it's right. sm- so fractionally small, and but it gets such a disproportionate amount of attention from all sides of the media. Well, spectrum. It's 25 percent in New York City High School or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> is it really? I, I don't remember where it was. I think it was in New York or California. Some liberal area. I saw a poll and like 25% of high school students were, were identifying as trans. No way. It's, 25%? It's like trendy. Yeah, it was some crazy. It's like it's trendy thing to do, you know, just to say. See, the conspiracy I, theorists are losing their community. <laughs> the trans people are losing their community. It's just kind of mainstream and we hate it. That's yeah. the kind of thing that uh, people ask out. me when You're I'm right. on the road doing country clubs. They go, how do you, is really, is everyone in New York really trans? That's what we read. No. Oh it's just gosh. the high school kids who That's can't amazing. figure it out yet, which, you know. Turner, I'm think so that, glad you have your fingers on the pulse of America. Thank you for that. Yeah, he's the guy. You're welcome. Um, I I, uh, I Kaplan actually reminded me of my final point, uh, which I forgot earlier, but it was when yeah. Kaplan said it was a good distinction. He said that people are interested in, you know, law and order. It is woke to it is seen as anti woke to if you want to protect the police. Right. But then they get kind of bored when it gets down to Bud Light and Disney. And the article makes a big distinction there, which I think is maybe they're kind of distorting the opinion of the right a little bit and using it to say mm-hmm. anti-woke is over. But I think what what they even conclude in the article is that when they interview Republicans about this, they pull Republicans. Republicans are not interested in anti-wokeness if it's shutting down businesses, because ultimately mm-hmm. most Republicans want government to stay out of business. So if it's right. if it's protecting the police, well, that's government stuff, right? If it's involving the government, they're fine with it. But if it's saying, well, we're going to um, shut down Disney because they won't they it, whatever their internal Disney decision might be or Bud Light, like we're going to get Bud Light out of the stores. If I don't know if DeSantis is saying this or not. He's probably isn't. But uh, we're going to get rid of Bud Light out of America because they support trans people. I think that's a bridge too far for the version of the right who's really just into, you know, like, let me do whatever I want with my business and my life and my guns and all that right. stuff. Right. And let Trump, me I think, share uh, an example of something that I came across recently that I think sums up all of the problems we've just been describing and is a microcosm of the, all the stupidity in America and how we're all just talking past each other and freaking out about all these topics. So there is uh, uh, a vegan soft serve ice cream place that I like to go to in lower Manhattan. Of course, uh, it's called urban dessert lab. And I follow their Instagram and they posted something that said, we're so sorry. We have to be closed for a few days. The shop was burgled and equipment was stolen 
And we have a GoFundMe going and we're a small black owned business. If you're able to support, that would be helpful. We're going to get reopened as soon as we possibly can. It was just like black a black square with business. text. <laughs> the comment section was a sight to behold. I don't think we ever need to do another political poll again. We just need to read these comment sections. The comment sections it. were filled with people saying, uh, well, you live in New York City, so of course you need to be okay with the fact that you're going to get uh, robbed because you're not supporting law and order, you liberal idiots. And then the other half of the comments were, why does it matter if you're black owned? Why did you have to even list that? You should say that you're just a business and you need all the support you can get. And then the third was conspiratorial, which said something doesn't add up. Why would people go in and steal ice cream equipment? Why would you leave cash in the register yes. anyway? And so it was like all three things. It was like anti-woke We're- stuff, law and order stuff, and conspiracy theories just destroying uh, the comments. Did anybody anyway, get mad they at them? Open, for calling- did they call the police? Yeah, was, that was my question. I don't know. You did it because I, was- ma- I know that people get mad at companies in like New York or San Francisco if they call the police when they were robbed. Because you're not supposed the, to call the police no matter what. Do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then the other uh, actually, and Turner, you would know about this. Uh, uh, the other point that I thought was maybe the most uh, reasonable one in the comments was, "Don't you have insurance for this, like business insurance?" And uh, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Do they have business That's insurance? Why don't for give selling to ice cream? <laughs> I can't remember yeah. if we yeah. did. I don't think we did. Uh, we probably should have, but no, we didn't yeah, have okay. business insurance. I, yeah. Big, right. big shout out to the people that don't live in New York City who took time out of their day to randomly go through vegan ice cream websites <laughs> to go on the message board. This is astonishing to me that anybody would have that much time. That's why people are the whole thing is stupid. Time, too much yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Should we go to the last topic? Yes. Let's What's do it. I think Turner, you've got the. Uh, You've got something on your mind there for the last. So, yeah, um, here's the so uh, this has been in the news recently, but obviously Trump's now as of recording today, as of this morning, he's been indicted for the fourth time um, over the last few months. I think it started in like early April or maybe late March, his first one. So he's been indicted four times. And I don't think have, have we never had a president indicted before him. Is he the first? Never. You guys might know better. Yeah. Or the first. Uh, okay. Nixon wasn't indicted. No. He was never indicted. Nixon never was. So he's the first to ever be indicted. And what we've learned very quickly is there is no better uh, way to raise money and to put a jolt into your campaign than to be indicted by Mm. the uh, law uh, as a former president or as a candidate for president. The first time Trump got indicted um, a few months ago, he raised $13.5 million that week. Uh, the second time he raised $7 million and then we don't have, I looked everywhere. I couldn't find the data on the last two. Uh, obviously the, the, the fourth time was today. It just happened like an yeah. hour or two ago. Each time he raises a bunch of money, each time his poll numbers go up and each time DeSantis and everybody else go down. And the, and then if you remember back to the closest we have to this, uh, Bill Clinton got impeached in 1998, 99, for lying under oath, um, Mm -hmm. saying he did not have sex with that woman, I think was his words. And uh, speaking of Monica Lewinsky, at that time, his um, uh, he was polling at 73 percent approval rating, which was his all time high and almost unfathomable in today's climate that any president could ever be approved by 73 percent of America. And his his polling numbers went up. The minute his he he got the or not indicted, the minute he got impeached and he got proven, you know, he was a liar, essentially under oath. So my question to all of you and anyone can take this. 
What is it about American culture that we love a good criminal? <laughs> Why is it that, and this is nonpartisan, it's that we're now taking data from both sides, 30 years, 25 years apart from each other. Why is it that people support this? I, th- I think a lot of the time, uh, well, a lot of the time, with the two examples you gave of, of Clinton and Trump, um, there was such an intense political element around the indi- around the indictment and the trial that it feels as though you are getting picked on because of the baddies uh, in, in politics, as opposed to the actual justice of the system. Um, like, I, I vaguely remember that with, with Clinton, like a lot of the Republicans were bothered by some other thing. And I don't even remember what it was now, but it was like lying about some foreign policy mm-hmm. thing. That's what bothered them. But the, 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 the narrative, whether, whether from the religious right or whether from the media, ended up being turned into, so he got a blowjob, man. Uh, and, it, and it ended up making it look as though the Republicans were just really out to get him and mean and nasty. And, it, and it, I think it ended up helping his popularity as a result of that with Trump. Um, you know, Trump's core base is the people that think that they have been left behind by an elitist group of coastal misanthropes that don't give a shit about them and have rigged the system to benefit themselves. And frankly, they have a point in many ways. So I, I don't think it's terribly surprising that they would look at this and go, this is clearly a, a political witch hunt to ruin the one guy that tried to bring a wrecking ball to the swamp. And it all it does is confirm to us that he is being hounded and victimized by the people that we hated and voted him to go attack. Um, I think the the effect that it's really going to have politically is not so much helping him in terms of his overall polling. The effect it's going to have is it's going to suck all of the oxygen out of the Republican primary. So if there yeah. was any chance of Vivek Raswamy or Mike Pence or Chris uh, Christie, Chris Christie or or DeSantis Nikki or Haley. Tim Scott, any of the others, Tim Scott's th- candidate, those are yeah. gone now. Those Nikki are over Haley, now. Yeah. Nikki Haley, because like there might have been because like like when when DeSantis came out of the gate, he was polling pretty well. And like if it had, if it had continued to pick up, might have been a thing. There, there were a lot of Republicans that wanted Trump minus Trump. Uh, I think mm-hmm. now, though, that's it. Like game over. The Republican yeah. primary is done. Trump is like like some kind of weird bacteria that lives on the, the rim of a volcano underwater. He, he feeds off of attention in a way that no other human being in all of history has ever been able to do as well. And so this is all going to benefit his campaign. He's going to make the whole thing about himself very easily. And and the mm-hmm. Republicans are just going to be utterly incapable of, of getting the slightest bit of attention. So like that's done. That, the, the effect of this is Trump gets the primary. Yeah, well, I, I also think, have. Uh, people- uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say quickly that people just naturally human instinct, they circle the wagons around there. You know, if like someone picks on your brother, you go defend them like people. So Republicans, there might have been I don't know what you, uh, Andrew, and and, uh, and he and you think about this idea that like, there was an opening for a Republican candidate to maybe be like on early before the indictments to be like, this guy's mm-hmm. corrupt. I'm going to be the mainstream candidate. We're not, we're not going to be. But they didn't do, they didn't take it. Only Chris Christie took it and nobody likes him anyway. So so now they, I think I agree with you. The moment's passed. It's over now. Mm-hmm. People are circling the wagons. Republicans are going to rally to him the same way. Bill Clinton famously got popular, like you said, Turner. But then Al Gore lost because it, it doesn't it didn't translate because Al Gore tried to distance himself from Bill mm-hmm. Clinton. And it only so like he didn't get the circle of wagons appro- uh, effect. You know, it's like it only works for Trump. It doesn't work for DeSantis. So. Uh, well, I sorry, think there's I there. 
Uh, no, I think Turner, you raise an interesting point about, I, I love the question about why do we love uh, a criminal? Cause I think that we do. And I'm going to overly simplify American culture by referencing some French dude I met like a million years ago at some academic something. And he, someone was saying something and he was like, Oh, you Americans, you're all outlaws and cowboys. And that like stood out to me as, Oh, that's what French people think of us. Or that's maybe what the rest of the world thinks of us to oversimplify incredibly. But you know, Australia is a, is a place where they sent all the criminals. Like this is where the people who were literally running from or outside the law came. And we do have a strong culture uh, of of celebrating people who are breaking the the law and liber- liberty libertarian streaks and all of that and so you know with Clinton I think yeah. in a way it sort of becomes more endearing because he's not perfect and uh, you know a lot of people could identify with what he was describing uh, Bush made his career on being a cowboy and I think Trump is you know I think the language of draining swamp, all of them have been smart political operatives to spin it as a way of like oh it's a witch hunt or I'm whatever but I think. We were founded on uh, on breaking the law. So, uh, of course, we would love presidents that do that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, if you think about it, it's a great point. Every so cowboy movies were our first Mm -hmm. genre of movies. Right. A lot of these are either outlaws or they're chasing outlaws. It's but it's one way or the other. And then um, after that, it was mob movies. The 1970s was all the mafia movies. Right. And these are criminals. We're celebrating criminals every step of the way. And then you get into, I mean, even most recently, like the wire is essentially it's about cops, but it's also about it's, it's um, humanizing and, it's and celebrating Sopranos. We love criminals. We, exactly. We, yep. The street, the street drug breaking dealers bad. breaking bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it is part of our culture to celebrate and it goes all the way up to the present. Do you think that it's also, there's also something here that Americans miss or don't trust have uh, the government so much that mm. they would even trust the president over the quote government. We I seem to take so. the side of the president every time over the big bad government, even though the president is right. the head of the big bad government. Right, right. No, I think you're right. And I think that's only gotten more intense over time. I mean, Trump, as as Heaton eloquently put it as a the bacteria on the volcano or whatever it was like, Trump is, I think, the best at wielding this like cult of personality move. But I, I, as far as I know from my own lifetime, presidents have gone from being heads of state, heads of government, as you said, to individual people that we either love or we don't. And my first memory of that, I, I think is probably George W. Bush. When he was elected, my fellow people on the left were horrified. And it's like, he's a bad guy. And, and we're mad at him. And then when Obama was elected, it was like, oh, our hero is in office. And then Trump is elected and it's like, oh, he's bad. Like over the course of at least, let's say, the 2000s, I think we've we've separated the identity of the president from the apparatus of government in a way that maybe we didn't before. But I don't know for sure. I don't know enough about history to say. I, I, I think it, it feels very much to me like if you were to go back to like 1740 when I was born. And uh, yeah. like, you know, like like James II is a Catholic and you're like, a Catholic cannot sit on the throne of England. Mm. The whole yeah. realm would be evil. A Protestant must sit on the throne of England. Like that's that's how it is. Did that, you speak if, to my grandfather? Like like this happens. No one he hated more than Catholics, by the way. A, 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 a Republican sits in the White House. Therefore, the whole country's horrible. A Democrat sits in the White House. The whole fucking country's yeah. going to hell. That it's the, like this weird like 
Pharaoh God King complex we yeah. have that the president is the spiritual filter for everyone in America with the rest of the cosmos. I, I want to back up a little bit. I think that there is a hallowed tradition that I, I like weirdly like and I shouldn't, which is the guy who's a crook, but he's our crook. And like yes. the South is great about this. The South yeah. has so many warm, colorful like slimy used car salesman, baby kissing politician characters like like Oklahoma, where I'm from. Uh, our, our old governor was uh, David Boren, uh, who was the university president where I went. So I, I knew him that way. And uh, back when he was running for governor, um, there were many rumors that he was gay. This was a thing that, that haunted his political career. Uh, and at one point when he was running the primaries, he was it was him, Gene Stipes and another guy. And the other guy got up and his like the, the, his pitch was. Look, there's three people in this race. I'm quoting him, mind you. And he went uh, like there's there's a, a a queer, a crook and me. And Gene Stipes <laughs> rose his hand and went, I'm the crook. And everybody applauded. Whoa. <laughs> um, and like there, there's just a bunch of people like that who like, you know, they, they'll say things like, you know, on, honest graft is when you're bought and you're paid for. And by God, you respect that agreement. You know, like there is that kind of like weird, like, well, wasn't, like, like I mean, Trump said. Kaplan brought this up to me the other day, but Trump, one of his big things in 2016 was I can fix the tax code because I've cheated on it my whole life was yeah. basically. And and I, and on that, it's like, I do think that, and this actually ties into the conspiracy and the woke stuff as well. I think that the, the right wing used to always believe in like law and order. As you, we said, law and order, they, they believe in law and order, but they don't, they have to also take the sides of the uh, district attorneys, the prosecutors, people are guilty. Mm. And it used to be a left wing thing to think someone's not guilty till, you know, they've been found guilty and that kind of flipped over the years i feel like and and so it ties into this moment where like so many people on the right don't believe they like think the whole system's rigged they think it's fixed anyway it's out it's mm. it, they don't believe that they don't believe the evidence they don't believe they're just not going to believe it so by just going after trump and indicting him they did him the biggest favor possible it was like such a huge mistake they should just waited or just not just well let i don't know it. if it was a mistake i think I mean, if that- you don't want him to be president i mean if you really don't want him to be president you should never have indicted him Oh, I mean, if, if it was purely political motivated and yes, not based exactly. off the law of our country, I, I think it was <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I think it was a good thing that he was indicted for um, the, the most recent one, the one that everybody's discussing about uh, the, the fake electors. I, I think that um, there's literally no good option for the country at this point. Um, either we have to have an incredibly politicized trial where a former president potentially goes to prison, which is really dicey, like bad precedent or alternately a guy that tried to steal the election gets off scot-free and lets all future authoritarian thugs know that they could maybe pull it off. Like I, I would argue that the the downside of not prosecuting him would be worse in terms of precedent than allowing for the election to be politicized through it. But I do agree with you, Kaplan, in that the the indictment that came out of uh, New York City um, four months ago, I read that one and it was garbage. Like, I'm, I'm not an attorney, yeah. but I read it and I was it like, was this is th- this was this is in, in my read. There is a, a prosecutor in New York City who is going to have a standing ovation and a parade of blowjobs for the next five years because he's <laughs> the guy that indicted Donald it's a woman. Trump. It's a woman. And, no, no, no. In New York Either City, way. it was a guy. It was a guy uh, in New York City. Letitia, I can't remember his name. James? I thought it was Letitia James. Letitia right. James. Or, or, or maybe, She's the attorney we general. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. You're both live yeah. in New York, and we don't know. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 believe, I believe the prosecuting attorney who wrote the indictment was a guy. Either way, oral sex and applause will result on whoever in New York City indicts the president. And I like, like yeah. if you looked at that particular indictment, he had like 36 counts because he basically took one count separated into three things like writing the check, mailing the check, 
and yeah. the the accounting of the check, and then he divided it by every month this was done. So what any sane person would describe as one potential crime was turned into like thirty six. Like it was it was yeah. real squirrely. I think that was a really bad move because well, that's great for that guy's career. It's going to be fantastic for him. He's going to have a really fun three or four years in New York City. That was political, and it was a it was a bad a bad case, and it did add uh, a fuel to the fire of people that went. You know, this is just a witch hunt for Trump. And but then, the, and the more well, recent one, I think, has juice to it. I've, well, and also, I've I, said this before, was, and. And I'll say it again, because uh, I think it, it, I think, Heaton, we need you right now, which is I agree with you that this is like there's two bad outcomes for the country. And we were at this fork in the road of not. And I agree with you. The first one is is the least important uh, indictment. I still went to go see him get arraigned. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you did? photos if anyone wants to see. It. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. It was like MAGA yeah, yeah. and then the left, like just like on either side and police going. How much were those walk. tickets? Uh, yeah, I'm, I sold them for a thousand dollars each. I went down early and, and marked off the area. But what I wanted to say is that Scalping I have long tickets for the Trump indictment. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. That Brilliant. what we Brilliant need idea. is, uh, we need a moderate Republican who is a reasonable dude or a woman, but probably dude to run for office and just be better than Trump. And that person never came forward. Like we didn't see, there was like rumors that it would be Pence. Ron DeSantis is obviously Trump minus Trump, but like too far culturally. We need like a centrist, like a sense, someone who wants to vote for not Trump, but doesn't want to vote for Biden. We just need a what centrist, about, wait, reasonable. Cr- what about Chris Krispy anyway, Kreme? Will you just run? Will you just run for president? <laughs> I think that's the only he way. Oh, Heaton. Oh, Heaton. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, Heaton. I, I should add, I'm, I'm not a Republican, but thank you. I'm flattered. No, I know, <laughs> but just center, right of center. You are, right. according to the left, you are. We need a charismatic. I definitely am. Wait, we need um, someone charismatic yeah. is what you're saying. Too. You know, I, I, I'd say you. keep keep your eyes on the no labels movement. Um, it will probably flame out like every other attempt that has been done in the last 20 years. Um, there's, there's, th- this happens every four to every four to eight years. It happened. The last time this happened was back in 2012, where um, uh, Romney versus Obama, a bunch of like a bunch of like former members of Congress, former governors, things like that, that are like moderates and centrists that are kind of pissed off at the uh, conservative and progressive wings of their respective parties start rumbling going like, maybe we should form a centrist party. They didn't end up doing it in 2012. This time around, um, they're looking to form like a unity party ticket called the no labels ticket. So it would be like, hmm. John Huntsman and Joe Manchin. It'd be something like that. So it'd be like a conservative, like Jim, Jim Webb and uh, Larry Hogan, Um, something like that, where it'd be a unity ticket. Um, uh, They'll probably blanch because my guess is when it comes close to election day and they realize they might actually spoil the election for one of the two parties, they'll all kind of duck out. But I I would, I would suggest that it would be the best possible thing they could do because that is going to scare the shit out of the party that gets the vote stolen and force them to course correct. If, If you'd had like, uh, um, uh, a, a couple of Republicans like formed the Whig Party in 2016, knowing that they would lose, but it was enough to eat away at the Trump thing. The, the Republican Party would have gone the other direction. Would have been smart. Would have been smart. What if we can get to convince the uh, all the conspiracy theorists from both sides to join one party, and then that'll be a third party, and then it'll make the Republican Party less crazy by default because <laughs> they're not gonna. I, I would have. I mean, there the, are uh, anti-vaxxers on both sides for exactly. very different reasons that I think could unite the country once and for all. Robert F. Kennedy yeah. Jr. could be their nominee, and or, uh, or like so, like 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 uh, Andrew, you mentioned a minute ago, and I, I realized you were joking, but you said that you 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 were tempted to, to become a Republican so you could vote for Pence out of pity. Like, That's right. I, I think it would be very helpful for people. Like if, if people really think the Republicans are a batshit crazy party, they should become Republicans because then they could participate yeah. in the primaries and they can of of the eight candidates, they can select the sanest one and they're going to have more of an effect than America. Whenever I pitch this to people, what do they say? 
A Catholic cannot sit on the throne of England. My political party is my identity. It is cosmic. Yes. Yeah. I don't actually give a shit about changing things. I just want my team to win. Mm. Yep. You know what the solution, though, is? It, the, the Biden's solution has to be. There's only one plan to keep Trump from winning. He's got to arrest his son. If he throws Hunter Biden in jail, yes. you know, then wow. the arrest Democrats himself. will rally around. They'll circle the wagons for him. It'll be the same effect. That's a he's got to get sacrificed. I'm ready for. He, he, no, he's yeah. got to get Letitia James to indict him. To indict him because that was the thing, like the conspiracy thing earlier. Like we all, everyone ignored it, which gives fuel to the crazy Republicans yep. who think it's the exact same thing. <laughs> no, it's not the if same. If Biden thing. wants to win, he's got to go to prison. Put us in yeah. charge Here's- of all of these candidates. We will get them yes. all locked up and then they'll all win. <laughs> yeah. For the good yeah, of the country, yeah. we'll get them all locked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> country of outlaws. God thought? bless America. All right. All right. We did it. I think, I is think that it? it? I think that's, that's it, right? That's on it. that note, does anybody have to say, plug it. anything about their, their podcast? Nope. All right. Well, that's. I mean, uh, I mean like, should, should we all quickly go around real quick? I, I'm yeah, Andrew Heath. I'm I host saying, the, do a little. I, I host the political orphanage. As you can see, there is growing momentum for me to run for president as a Republican, and yet I am an yes. independent. So, if like you, you feel like you've been left behind by the two major parties, you are a sane, thoughtful person who has friends you disagree with and do not feel at home in red team or blue team. Perhaps you could find a home at the political orphanage, and I encourage you to join us. Join all the heat and it's heads. A- They're great people. Uh, yeah. We are lost in America. It is me and Kaplan, and we have a comedian guest every week in a different country around the world to explain to us and talk about the major news event happening in their country. We're not talking like wacky, funny events. It's just whatever the big news of the world is that week. Uh, we get, whether it's election in Spain or an assassination in Ecuador. Or the Flemish, Flemish trying to secede right? from um, <laughs> from Belgium. We'll find a comedian there. They will explain the whole story to us over one hour. Lost in America podcast. It's the number one way that I find out what's happening in the rest of the world. Uh, yeah. My name is it, yeah is uh, is Andrea Jones. Where I host the Majoring in Everything podcast. We are gearing up for season three, and it's a podcast about people who specialize in more than one seemingly unrelated thing. Cap, I got to get you on the show, but I have. I mean, I'm the multi. Are- I'm the real estate agent. I'm a podcast. I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. You got to get me on. There we go. <laughs> there we go. But but Turner was on talking about uh, running a business and running a comedy career. Heaton's been on to talk about politics and comedy and i've had uh lots of other people on who do uh lots of different things i'm also uh, i need to talk with all of you about this because i need advice again uh looking to to relaunch or launch a new uh social science data science kind of podcast where we figure out uh what the hell is going on once and for all with some academics and comedians and things like that so stay tuned for that sounds good excited for season three critic early critics are saying it's the best season yet there so, we go. Yeah, exactly right. So yeah. anyway, all right. Well, is that it? Are we done? That's it. Good oh, chat, everybody. My son just rang the doorbell. I got to go. So on that note, good talk to you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.